0: Hey guys, today I sat down and talked to Danielle DeRosa. Danielle is an attorney. She also owns a title company with her husband, Luke. Uh, she was an attorney for 11, 12 years, still is an attorney, uh, but is also growing this title company business. So we dive into both of those worlds. I was interested in and asked a lot of questions about law school and what that experience was like. Uh, so this was a fun one for me personally. I really enjoyed it, I hope you do also. welcome to the obsessed podcast i'm your host logan herkus in this podcast we get to meet and hear from folks who are obsessed with a wide array of interesting endeavors we dive into some awesome stories and look at the mindsets and the psychology of those who are obsessed let's go danielle thanks for coming in today
1: thanks for having me logan
0: yeah here to talk about your journey to becoming a lawyer, uh, you hinted the other day, you said that you went to finance school. I mean, you, went, you got a bachelor's in finance. Is that right?
1: Yep. I, I went to Northern Michigan University for undergrad, double majored in finance and Spanish, and got towards the end of my senior year. Well, maybe it was junior year. started thinking, what the heck am I going to do with this? I don't necessarily want to work at a bank. So what am I gonna do? I'll go to law school That was basically the only thing I knew how to do at the time was go to school sure, sure. <laughs> So, um, I decided to take the lsat and applied for law school.
0: Yeah And and was law something you were interested in previously or how did you have that inspiration? You said let's continue to go to school But how did that come to be?
1: You know, I can't say that I ever I wasn't the kid growing up with that thought oh i'm gonna be a lawyer i'm gonna be in the courtroom i'm gonna Mm -hmm. you know get all the bad guys kind of thing um it it really was more of a i don't know what to do and i know that sounds really silly you know who just decides oh let's go to law school because you don't know what else to do with your life but that really was where i was at i i didn't know what i was going to do i didn't feel like i had enough information about what i could do with a finance degree and you know what you can do with a law degree. Mm-hmm. And so that just seemed like an easy answer for me.
0: Yeah, right. So you took the LSAT. Did you do well?
1: I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep.
0: And was that confirmation that you could go or did you already know like, hey, I'm cut out for this?
1: Um, I knew I was cut out for it. Okay. Um, Just doing, <sighs> this seems really nerdy, but um, they used to make these, um, almost magazine type things with logic mm-hmm. games in them. right? And I loved those gl- growing up. And when you study for the LSAT, it's a whole lot of those same kind of logic tests. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it really just comes down to critical thinking. And, and I knew I was good at that and, and I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. Eventually, I want to get into things that you learned about what makes a great lawyer, but going into it, the logic and the critical thinking side of things were things that you were very good at and that made you realize, hey, you could be good at this. Were you a great reader as well? I guess that goes into the critical thinking side of things too. Yeah, right?
1: I did enjoy, I do enjoy reading both for leisure and I I like to know things. I like to learn things and I, I'm constantly asking why mm-hmm. and I have to know the why and I think that curiosity is part of what, makes a good lawyer as well as getting down to the nitty gritty of the why
0: right Mm -hmm. yeah so you went to school for finance was that a hey you're just supposed to go to school kind of a thing and that's why you went into that or did you have interest in that world
1: um i was good with numbers and so i thought hey numbers finance that that works let's do that and then um Spanish as a second language was always something that was really interesting to me. So I did some study abroad and so I had That combination, but I just didn't know what I wanted to do with it Mm -hmm. Um, But there was always the expectation of you go to college and I always had that expectation of myself as well
0: Sure. Yeah, so it wasn't like you were frustrated and had to go and whatever But it was something where you enjoyed it the law school side of the things then you took the LSAT You went into that was that? crazy to think about going back to school or was it just another step in the process
1: it was just another step in the process i think um i wasn't emotionally ready to be be an adult and Mm -hmm. to go out into the real world to be quite honest um so going back to school kind of provided that additional buffer that maybe i wasn't mature enough to be A real adult with a real job at that point in time
0: yeah and maybe we should do a short synopsis of after law school you became a lawyer because i want to dive into law school Mm -hmm. but just to kind of give some of your history of becoming a lawyer currently own a title company can you give us a, a breakdown of what some of your law career has looked like
1: sure um well started so i did straight from four years at northern to get my double major straight into three years of law school after law school, um, I still was kind of in that position of, now what do I do and mm-hmm. where do I go? And um, ended up coming back to Michigan and taking a job in Iron River doing personal injury work. Okay, And that was not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a fantastic boss who recognized that in me and was encouraging me to you know this isn't for you and that's okay yeah but you know try something new um and then after that so i was only there for a very short period of time Mm -hmm. and after that i got a job in ishpeming doing real estate and business transaction law and that was really where i found my passion this is what i love to do i love dealing with real estate i love dealing with business transactions dealing with people and making their dreams come together
0: mm-hmm. okay so do you mind if we do dive into law school and yep. i might ask you way too many yeah. questions so nope. just stop me if you no, ever get let's, to that point
1: let's dive in where did you go university of minnesota
0: okay um and going in you, what expectations did you have? Uh, did you do any research on it or you said you'll just take it as it comes or what What was I, that?
1: <laughs> I kind of, I didn't do as much research as I, I should have. And I think one of my best anecdotes from law school was one of the first days of torts class. Um, I I read the chapter that I was supposed to read, but I didn't read the case law excerpts. mm mm-hmm because you ne- you never read examples in your books when you were in undergrad, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the same thing. It's not the same thing. That is the, the meat of law school is the case law. And I showed up at class and got called on, and I was like, oh, goodness, yeah. I really need to try better, yeah. <laughs> try harder. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. So... so- Again, I have a ton of questions because that's a curtain that yeah, I never sure. got to see behind and I think a lot of other people would be interested. What kind of classes do you take at law school? Is it? I guess you can dive into that. What kind of classes are you taking?
1: Yeah, so your first year of law school, at least, oh gosh, 15 years ago when uh-huh. I was there, um, your first year is set in stone. Okay. So you get divided into sections um, and you attend all of the same classes with your section, and every first-year student is attending those same classes. Mm-hmm. So you had real estate, wills and trusts, torts, civil procedure, criminal procedure, just the real basics, mm-hmm. um, legal writing as well, right, um, and legal research. So, your first year was set. You didn't really have a lot of choice in what to do Yeah. there. Your second and third year, you could take whatever classes you wanted. At that time, um, University of Minnesota wasn't doing concentrations or anything like that, which I believe they are now. Mm-hmm. So... It wasn't like undergrad where you you picked a major and you focused on it You could but there was no set in stone These are the courses that you take if you want to be a labor lawyer These sure. are the courses you take if you want to get into international law mm-hmm. um, You could create that for yourself, but there was no set pattern for that So I took all kinds of classes. I took Islamic law because I thought it was really interesting Um, I took international law courses real estate courses and Mm -hmm. really Let me explore all kinds of different things.
0: Yeah That first year where you're learning More of a broad array, right? uh, of many areas Mm -hmm. Did you learn really in-depth stuff? I mean that might be a a silly question But did you get really deep into the depths of real estate law or this law or did you just learn real high level philosophy? Or or structure I guess
1: a little bit of both. Okay. Um the procedural courses like civil procedure and criminal procedure, you're learning the nitty-gritty of this is statute MCL blah 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 mm-hmm. and you have to remember if you want to make this motion in court, you have to cite this and mm-hmm. um so some real detailed stuff there. Um but then just some higher level stuff in some of the other classes okay
0: yeah <clears throat> i'm picturing like do you learn it feels like you would go like a lot of students would go into law school with this perceived thought of how law works how the structure is and do you learn the real way you know what i mean not the real way you practice law but like this is the structure this is the type that or the way that you should look at the whole picture this is agency whatever else Do you know you know what i mean do you do you learn uh I don't know if that question makes sense, but do you do you get what I'm get, driving at?
1: Law school, at least at the time I was in it, does not teach you how to be a lawyer. Okay. It teaches you the law. Right. Which are really two completely different things yeah. when it comes down to it. Um, but I, I guess I'm not sure how to answer your question. It... Yeah, I guess I'm not sure how to answer yeah. your question, no, sorry.
0: No, you're fine. Um, I, again, I'm just picturing a lot of people having different perceptions of what it is and how, mm-hmm. it, how the structures are and all that kind of stuff. But do you just learn, the again, the nitty-gritty portions of the law or do they teach you uh, like a high-arching picture of the structures and how to look at each situation, all that kind of stuff? But
1: I think it's a little bit of both um, and very much so depends on the class okay. that you're in. If you're in... A procedural class or a practice class um they're teaching you how to how to do it mm-hmm. um but if you're in more of like a constitutional law class that's more theory and how did the structure of the law in the united states get developed mm-hmm. and um what where did our roots come from sure so it it really was dependent on the class, on how what you were learning.
0: Okay, well, I mean, no, that makes sense. <clears throat> did you enjoy that first year? I did. Yeah.
1: Um. Maybe I was a little more focused on my friends and having fun at that point in time as well. But, um, I did. It was so different than college at Northern, um, and it it was challenging mm-hmm. whereas i felt like at northern it was just kind of a and this is nothing against northern it mm-hmm. was just for me college was almost an extension of high school it, yeah. it felt the same right and law school felt totally different
0: mm-hmm. well i can see you thrive in a world where you're challenged right mm-hmm. yeah and and you found that challenge was it really challenging it was yeah
1: yeah it was it was a big difference
0: mm-hmm yeah so that was neat. <clears throat> what were some of those biggest challenges that you had those first years? Is it, is it like the workload? Is it the actual? Yeah, I guess you should you dive into it. Yeah,
1: yeah. it was it, the workload is huge. Okay. There's so much reading, mm-hmm. um, and and papers and studying for the exams, and I felt like the expectation level was just threefold from mm. what I. Had experienced in the past, um, so that was different. And also, it was the first time I had lived away from Marquette, which is where I'm from. Mm-hmm. So that had you know its own challenges. And going somewhere where you don't know anybody or have any family to fall back on, right? You know that personal challenge was there as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Is there in law school? Is there a high attrition rate? Do a lot of people not make it?
1: I think it depends on the law school. Actually, no, it depends on the law school. Um, There are certain law schools that basically plan for a large portion of their first year to not move forward. Mm -hmm. Um, But with my law school, I think if you started, you were very, very likely to finish. Okay.
0: And is that a testament to their structure or just a testament to who they accepted in their program?
1: Probably a bit of both.
0: Okay. Um, So you didn't see a lot of your friends or uh, classmates dropping out on a regular basis. There were people there. You were all in it with a similar mindset. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And um, I did have a couple friends that left. Mm -hmm. And it was, you could tell it was a gut-wrenching struggle for them to make that decision to leave it wasn't just oh this isn't for me i have to go it was it you could tell it really tore them apart to make the decision
0: yeah i mean it's i I could see both sides part of me is like shoot don't quit but also it's like hey if this isn't for you you shouldn't pursue this exactly but also all your pride and everything of saying i'm going to do this and all of a sudden you're not doing it anymore yeah Yeah, that's a that's a hard choice
1: yeah for sure definitely
0: but there were times so the workload was great were there times where you were like, "Hey, I'm not gonna make make it through this," or did you always know I'm going to do this?
1: I'm very stubborn. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so once I started, I was going to finish. Yeah. Yeah, but that doesn't mean there weren't times where I thought, "I don't want to do this," mm-hmm. <laughs> but once I started, I was going to finish.
0: Yeah. Do you? I don't think I've ever asked you this question. Do you like run races, marathons, or something like that too? Or you dive into that world at all
1: no not really i mean i'll do the odd 5k here and there but okay i'm, I'm not very competitive in the sports right arena okay otherwise yes okay <laughs> otherwise i am competitive
0: yeah um I, I was just thinking if that translated like if you did are you the same way where maybe if you're just competing with yourself but you're also like i'm not gonna quit whatever it takes or if you've seen that in other areas of your life
1: yeah i think i see it more now um and just always wanting to be the best and be on top. Yeah. Um, maybe more so than at the time I was in law school.
0: Okay. Did you have siblings growing up?
1: Yes, I have one younger sister.
0: Were you guys competitive?
1: Um, no, not in that way. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm just curious where that comes from. I have siblings. I'm super competitive, but it somewhat stems from that. You know, just... Yeah, growing up playing sports or whatever else, you just you yeah. So maybe it's natural and maybe it comes from experience, but you are competitive in that in in the real estate or not? Excuse me, in the in the law world, also just whatever you're doing. So in school, you were competitive, and that made you push.
1: Yeah, I think it's more maybe just me being stubborn, sure, and and having high expectations of myself. Yeah, um, less so than being better than somebody else is just being as good as I know I can be mm-hmm. or as good as I think I should
0: be. Right. And that's healthy, right? I'm saying being more internal versus I need to beat the next guy. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you were stubborn. You didn't have a lot of doubts that you're going to make it through this, through the through the whole experience. That first year, it was a challenge. How about second and third year?
1: Second and third year, um, I think I settled into the groove a little better of you know what to expect there wasn't that hit you in the face oh my goodness this is so much Mm -hmm. there's so much to do so much to read um that i already knew what was expected of me also in my second year i did a semester in spain okay um so that had a bit of a different feel to it as well it had its own challenges all my classes were in spanish Mm. um and I think that was the most challenging part of that semester of law school was not only am I learning the law, but I'm learning it in a foreign language. And
0: yeah. that was tough. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it's one thing to be able to go out and enjoy the town and order at a restaurant, but another to learn the law in a foreign language, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. it was tough. They were they were pretty lenient with us foreign exchange students, but it was tough. Okay, Because there was a lot, you know um the law has its own language right. as it is so those words weren't words that you're taught when you're just in spanish class <laughs>
0: yeah right <clears throat> so the second and third year a little bit more predictable through the whole course did you have conceptions going conceptions going into it where you learned that it was different than what you expected or did you realize that you know this part is way more important than i anticipated
1: as far as classwork, you know, or? classwork,
0: or I'm thinking just big picture stuff. Of you're a lawyer, you don't realize that um, your, I, I mean, there's many ways you could go. But like your communication ability, your body language, your, but also even in the law, like the words itself, like the word of and or if then this that, oh. like little things make such a huge difference yeah. that I don't know if you would have realized that going into it. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, I think that is one thing that maybe a lot of people don't realize is words have meaning mm-hmm. every little word has meaning if right. you use the word and versus the word or um the word may versus the word shall mm-hmm. can completely change a sentence and um that is one thing that i think now i i still carry that with me the importance of those words and yeah.
0: I find that naturally. Like I, you know, I'm a real estate agent Mm -hmm. and I'm reading a contract or we're going over a clause or whatever else. And and somebody says this, I'm like, wait, no, look at the word and like, or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like so clear that this one word totally pivots the entire contract. Yeah. You learn that, of course, through your classwork. eh?
1: Yep, absolutely. And um, parsing statutes is basically how you learn that. Um, It's not nobody sits down and specifically says you have to look for the word and and you have to look for the word or. Mm -hmm. Um, It's putting a statute together and gathering the meaning by the exact words that are used and understanding that every word is there for a reason. Mm -hmm. And if there's... It's very rare that a word in a well-written case law well-written case opinion Mm -hmm. is um, irrelevant
0: right yeah yeah you every word matters right yes um and i've heard that was i was reading at one point even uh they a guy that said lawyers can be bad writers from a like a fiction standpoint because you're taught to cut the fluff everything has a meaning and if it doesn't make sense or you're saying the same thing twice remove it Mm -hmm. that is that true would you say yeah yeah
1: um i think legal writing has changed a lot over time um you know you see even now some deeds will say no all these all ye men buy these presents yeah i have no clue what that means (laughs) but you know these days at least when i draft a deed grantors convey and warrant to grantees just nitty-gritty cut out all those extra words so i think that has changed yeah um and maybe know all ye men by these presents meant something to somebody once upon a time, but sure to me They don't right. mean anything now
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah So in that second and third year did you have you went into injury law? But did you have a a thought as to this is where i'm going to end up heading into or were you still fairly open at that time?
1: um Originally I wanted to do international law. Okay. Um, you know, I had my spanish background I had my time in spain but when it came down to it, I, I'm i a Midwest girl. I wasn't going to go and live in New York City, and mm-hmm. there's not much international law happening up here in the UP or even much of Michigan in general. Um, so that was kind of another stumbling point for me when I left law school. I, I still didn't have the direction that I was really looking for. Mm-hmm.
0: So the injury law wasn't for you. You made it into the the, the real estate and the business law side of things. Yep. Why did that click?
1: You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it was um, for. I think it was just kind of a combination of everything that I had always had an interest in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd always really liked maps, but never really thought, that that would have any impact on what I was going to do. But now it does. I love looking at maps. I love looking at plat books. I love Hmm. looking at um, you know different plats. It's just so interesting to me and I don't know why or where that came from. Um, So that was part of it, just to kind of be able to feed that part of me that I never really realized was that important to me. Mm Okay. Um, And then the business transaction stuff, played in with some of the finance stuff and i had taken accounting classes as part of my finance degree so i just felt really well equipped to be in that world because i had a little bit of everything Mm -hmm. you know i had the finance the accounting um those various backgrounds and when you put them all together it just worked
0: Mm -hmm. and you thrived i have one more question on the law school side of things and then you can dive into anything how do you end? Do you have a final project? Do you how does it finish where you say, Yes, I'm graduated?
1: Um it's it's kind of just like like college. You you finish up your classes and each class has its various and assorted, you know, whether it's an exam, a final paper, a final project. Um and once you do that, you're done.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So then diving back into the real estate and business law, you were and you'll have to you'll have to fill me in there's of course you've got court the court side of being a lawyer and you've got the more transactional side of being a lawyer where were you focusing
1: um i was never big on going to court okay i do and can and have gone to court and i have won cases it's not my favorite Mm -hmm. um it's just not who i am right um i think that's a little more confrontational and I prefer to be involved in the transactions where I feel it's my job to bring people together mm-hmm. rather than to point out the differences. Right. Um, so that's why I like to focus on the transactional side of things and bring, what can I do to make this happen mm-hmm. rather than prove that I'm right. right? That's the biggest difference to me.
0: Yeah, right. Would you say the a, a, a court lawyer, of course, that's what you see on TV, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Would you say they're somebody who is into the confrontation that's into the debate, into communication, that side of things? Is that more suited for that? Whereas the, your side of things that you really enjoy is somebody who is a great reader, a great, great on strategy, great on formulating contracts, stuff like that? Or, or is it both worlds intertwined? I guess I'm just
1: yeah I think they can there can be a lot of overlap, but I know um one of my closest friends spends more of her time in court my closest mm. lawyer friend she spends most of her time in court and she can't stand the contract drafting yeah <laughs> um so I think it is a personality thing uh, but you definitely in the transaction world need to have those communication skills uh, because. You don't want there to be any question of what did I say, what did I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be able to convey your point clearly, both on the phone and in writing. Um, For sure, because there is a lot of negotiation that goes on behind the scenes of what is this transaction going to look like.
0: Mm-hmm. And when I threw in communication on the on the court side, I instantly thought to myself, wait a minute, it's equally as important. But it sure. was the question was out there, but yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> what were you getting into those first steps and, and what did you do in the, I, I know you can't talk about exact details, but in the real estate and business law side of things, what was a, a, the core of your focus?
1: Um. Oh gosh. That was so long ago, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think initially I was doing more... Um, I think initially I I was involved in more litigation, um, you know, somebody has an easement or they think they have an easement to get to a piece of property and now the person is not letting them cross the property anymore. Um, or siblings involved in owning a business together and that relationship fell apart. Mm-hmm. Those were, those are some of my initial cases that I can remember the most. Okay. But I think as time went on, as my practice grew, um, I, I leaned more into the transactional work and, and my boss at the time was very supportive of, you know, this is, these are your strong suits and let's funnel these cases your way
0: sure Mm -hmm. so you kind of find where you thrive and and lean in on that
1: yeah i definitely did and i think i was very fortunate to have a working environment that allowed me to do that especially early on Mm -hmm. i know a lot of lawyers that start in their first couple years especially if you're at a big firm it's you do whatever you're told to do yeah and it's a lot of the grunt work And I was fortunate enough to not have that experience. I was part of a small firm. And I got to really explore what I was interested in and um, had a really good connection with my boss. We were interested in the same things and really honed our practice together, I would say, Mm -hmm. into that area.
0: Okay. Did you always have... Of course now I'd have to assume you have high respect for what a reputable and a great lawyer is Did you always like growing up? Did you have a different perception and then that's changed through your experience?
1: You know, I never really thought about lawyers before I became a lawyer. Um I think you can ask any lawyer and they will tell you our profession Has some real odd ducks in it. Sure. Um it, it just does. I'm sure every profession does. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> um, but I think, yes, I've learned what it means to be a good lawyer. And that has different meanings, I think, depending on what you're doing sure. as a lawyer.
0: Yeah. I'm just relating it to a real estate agent. There's a a, a, a attitude that they don't add any value. What are they there? My my, my dog could sell you a house, whatever. Um Whereas I think, like, look at my broker, Christine. She's unbelievable. I think if you hire Christine, you are getting 10 times your money. However, However extreme you want to get. Like, if you're a good agent, you work hard, you fight hard for your client, I think there's just so much value that you add. Take that to an attorney, times that by whatever, some other factor, and say a good attorney that really, really fights for you is just so powerful that whereas the general public might not always feel that way, you know?
1: Yeah, I think... Attorneys get a bad rap. I mean, just think about all the attorney jokes right. out there. Um, yeah. You know, and unfortunately, there are some attorneys that do perpetuate that that bad rap. Sure, but if you have a good attorney who knows what they're doing, um, has really focused their practice, I think you're you're going to get so much value out of it more than maybe most people even realize Mm -hmm. um you know same concept of what you're saying as being a realtor you don't know what you don't know Mm -hmm. and i think now in the title business i see people who are coming in doing their for sale by owners um you know maybe even trying to do a land contract on Mm -hmm. a for sale by owner and it's it's very hard for me as a title agent to sit back and say okay if this is what you want to do you know go ahead and do it whereas the lawyer side of me is thinking oh my goodness what about x y and z that you're not even thinking about because you don't know to think about it right um and i think that's where the value of any professional comes in Mm -hmm. is most people don't know what they don't know about any given subject
0: sure right and same thing in the real estate agent world there's bad eggs that can give it a bad name and help work that but uh so I, I relate that to real estate. I mean, excuse me to to you being an attorney or in the law world that a good good attorney that is honest, ethical, and fights hard. There's just so much value there.
2: Yeah,
1: one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And I I think the old way used to be, and and sometimes still is, attorneys will practice in a bunch of different areas. Um, I've Felt very fortunate to be able to focus my practice into, you know, just these two main areas Mm -hmm. um And I always tell people, you know If you go to jail, don't call me because you'll be staying there longer, (laughs) you know, so I don't pretend to be a criminal law attorney and um I always try to encourage people to look for attorneys who do focus More in you know one two three specific areas rather than trying to run the gamut and do it all
0: mm-hmm. for sure those first experiences and even today when you were helping somebody out on a, on a business deal on a family deal whatever it might be was it rewarding like did you see how much value you add and say guys did you think about this did you think about this and what about this and and really put it all together and at the end of it they're like holy crap danielle like thank you so much did you did you feel that
1: yeah those Having those moments were what really got me going because yeah. I could see what value I was bringing to them mm-hmm. and and that just drove me to push harder and what else can I do for you? How else can I make this work for you? Mm-hmm. Um, that really is what started to drive me in that area is knowing that i knowing that I know my stuff and knowing that I can bring value to you if you need help in the areas that i can help you in
0: Mm -hmm. for sure how long did you practice that side of things before you took over the title company
1: 11 or 12 years
0: okay and being busy in the title company has made it where you haven't been able to focus as much on that side yeah
1: yeah Yeah. unfortunately for yeah i'm fortunate to own the title company um that's been a big transition but unfortunately i have kind of had to put the real estate and business transaction practice aside Mm -hmm. for now i do hope to get back into it but um i am able to use my real estate law knowledge in the title business all the time Mm -hmm. um you and i have had phone calls about okay what does this actually mean what does this look like right um so i i feel that i still get to flex my real estate law muscle every Mm -hmm. now and again to to help with tricky transactions
0: right yeah and i know what you're saying you're not saying unfortunate that you don't have that you have the business or whatever else that's a neat opportunity yeah but it's just that you enjoy also working on this side of things and that's something you haven't been able to recently as much Uh, and we can save it for off air but do you hope to get back into that
1: i do Mm -hmm. um i really would like to get back into practicing i think there's a good synergy between the title company and Continuing to practice transactional law Mm -hmm. real estate business um, and I am still kind of i'm doing stuff on the side for For clients that i've done work for in the past that have Mm -hmm. tracked me down (laughs) um, which is really great. That's a really good feeling too to know that I am missed in my position. Yeah, and and to be able to kind of keep up with that is good
0: Okay, have you? Do you have relatives or, or people that you've seen younger than you that you've helped get into your world as well? Or, or even just celebrated from the sidelines?
1: Um, I haven't really had any family or, or younger generations that want to go into law school. Um, I think... If you would have asked me, maybe five years ago, I may have pushed you to reconsider law school. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, it is a tricky field to get into. There's, there are a lot of lawyers graduating at any given time, mm-hmm. and those jobs can be tricky to find if you're not in the top ten percent of your class. Right. Uh, depending on what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So, but. Now I think maybe I have a little bit of a different perspective. It's given me so many opportunities um, you know, not just to practice law but now to be a business owner um, and I it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't gone to law school mm-hmm. So um, I haven't had the chance to really mentor anyone in that area, but it would be I would encourage them to really consider Don't do what I did. Don't sure. just go because you don't know what else to do because I think in a way I got lucky. Sure um Know why you're going and know what you want to do.
0: Yeah and it might be just uh Like on that note, it might be just a whim that i've thought of But in real estate like the f- the fight for the client is a lot of what I enjoy Hmm. I th- I think I'm a good reader, right? Mm-hmm. I can read the stuff and it really makes sense to me to say, yes, this word makes the huge difference, whatever else, it all makes sense. Right. So I've like debated it in my head Would I finish uh, undergrad and go to law school, but I, that's a huge commitment of time. I've got a family, whatever else. Yeah. Also, it's something where I, I have a hard time parsing out in my head, is that just a whim or is that something where, I don't know, it's something I've considered, I guess. But
1: Well, I would say do some digging and you know maybe look at what on there are online remote law school degrees that you can get these days so you know you don't have to pick your family up and move to Mm -hmm. somewhere to go to law school um i i would say there's a need up here in houghton for attorneys right i definitely think there is
0: yeah so maybe it's something I'll consider and part of that is and that's part of what this podcast is I thrive when I'm being challenged Yeah, so to do this is I know nothing about it. Um, so just to learn the technology the software the whatever it is That's just where I thrive So that's part of what that would be too is just continuous challenge.
1: Yeah, yeah. and I think This is cool that you kind of stepped outside your box and yeah, and, and jumped into this podcast thing and um you know, if you like the challenge, you like to have to think outside the box, then maybe law school is for you.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Maybe I'll ask you further questions outside of this, <laughs> this setting. You know how to find me. Um, but, so <clears throat> that is something you would like to get back into. Yes. Um, do you have like a crystal ball 40 years from now you hope to be or have done this? Or is it kind of just a growing progression thing in life of where you're headed to with that?
1: You know, I think... The best laid plans never really come to fruition um i had initially wanted to be back to practicing within months of Mm -hmm. purchasing a title company and and that didn't happen and that was because of how busy and and well the title company is doing so i can't say that's bad because it's great news Mm -hmm. um but it, it did push that part of who I am aside. Um, so it's a bit of a balancing act and th- the goal is to get back to it and I have to drive the business in a direction that's going to allow me to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Has that been a, and, and we could save it for off air if it's if it's too personal into your business life, but have you enjoyed the, the uh, employees and people aspect of, that business.
1: I enjoy the people I work with very very much. Yeah. Um being a boss is hard. Okay. And that is probably the most challenging part of owning any business, I would assume, mm-hmm. um is is being the boss because I'm so I'm just personally the kind of person that wants to be friends with everybody and sure. um, thinks most people bring something to the table, and I want to learn what that is about everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so having to be the boss is tricky. Sure. Um, fortunately, we don't have that I mean, the, those kind of issues, but mm-hmm. it's still tough just to be the boss.
0: Yeah. Right. I have an interest from a a outsider perspective in the people management side of things, excuse me, just people have have, in general has been something I've always focused on and how they interact and how the whole system works and whatever else culture. Maybe it's a young person thing right there where we're more concerned about culture and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But, um, and that's all fine and dandy in theory, but when you're practicing the business, like you still need to get this work done. Right. Um, people have different levels of motivation, whatever, you know, it's just a whole level of things that can come up that can just add to your plate of things you have to worry about.
1: Right. And everybody has their own life outside of work. So it's, um, you know, it's one thing to say, okay, this is the rule at the office, but Mm -hmm. then where does the human side of that go if the rule doesn't really fit in this particular situation? Mm -hmm. So it's a balancing act Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. So I'm not quite sure how to ask this question, but as an attorney, is there a a general method of practice or do you have a general method of practice where trying to draw the distinction between, do you just fight for every aspect that you can for a potential client? Or is there times where they're like, hey, even though you have this in your contract, um, the client says, I don't care about this, so you let it go. I don't know how to phrase that question, but how much of it is client-based where you listen to your client and say, I'll fight for whatever you want me to fight for or how much of it is this is your right we need to fight for this
1: um, it's both it's everything it's um, you know sometimes you'll have a client come in and they'll they'll want to fight for every little thing because it's the principle of mm. it mm-hmm. and unfortunately how much is your principal worth to you? Because I can fight that point for you mm-hmm. and and you may gain that moral high ground or not even moral high ground, that personal victory that makes you feel good. Right. But to get there is going to cost a lot of money. Um, not to say that it's all about money, but if I have to spend more time to fight that point for you, mm-hmm. that's what it's going to take. So... That makes it sound very money driven, but mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of uh, client control. Sure. In in helping people understand that just because maybe they're entitled to that doesn't mean we should fight for it. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side of the coin, you get clients who are exhausted and don't want to fight anymore, and you have to encourage them to do it because this will really make a big difference for you if mm. we push this point. Sure. Um, so it, it's everything, and it it all stems from judgment. Okay. You have to have that judgment of th- this is a good time to fight. This is a good time to let that one go as a no- negotiating point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I can't help you because you won't win. Right. Um. I'm I'm very big on being honest with people of this is a point you won't win hmm And if you want to fight it, we can fight it and this is what it's gonna look like hmm and and you most likely won't win, right? um And I think that's what a good attorney will do right. is explain to you where you really stand and not just fight because that's what you've hired them to do mm-hmm. i think it's my job as an attorney to help you understand where you stand
0: right do you look at i look i going mean, not relate it to myself i look at being a real estate agent i don't know where i got this from but basically you need to be a leader that your your client has these concerns they want to do it this particular way but they don't know necessarily that the the concerns or the downfalls of doing it that way and that this way might be better Eventually, it's their choice, like give them the information and say, what do you want to do? But if you're doing a good job as an agent, you're being a leader and giving them the right direction that they can then decide. Same thing as an attorney, right? Exactly.
1: You're... It's exactly the same concept as yeah. helping them understand what their options are and where they should go and letting them make the ultimate decision.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and experience just tells you a lot of that right i mean you know a lot of it from school but you go through enough cases or you've been not you personally been burned but you've had to fight a fight that was a crazy uphill battle or whatever else a lot of that comes from experience right
1: i think most of it comes from experience and really just doing and and seeing how the transactions play out seeing how these easement cases play out um you know, you learn some of that in law school. You learn the law mm-hmm. in law school, but you don't learn those judgment-type skills. Yeah. I think you just have to gain over time and by doing and learning from somebody who has that judgment skill set as well.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. Getting advice from other people, but of course, again, you going through that gut-wrenching scenario is really going to just hammer it home for you oh
1: yeah you never you never forget the ones you lose yeah especially the ones that you thought were you were gonna win yeah um and those are obviously the hardest lessons but some of the best lessons as well because you never forget Mm -hmm. and then you learn how to grow at least that's how i look at it what what could i do differently what can i take away from this situation to improve
0: Mm -hmm. can you get into and just speak in vague terms or whatever else, any big lessons that you've learned in your practice? Of course, there's a thousand of them, but anything that was like you lost sleep for a week and learned something big.
1: Oh, goodness. I'm trying to think of a good short story. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was a case that I that I had, um, where I, I knew the case law wasn't in my favor, but I thought I had a good workaround. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still do. <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> um, but I, I guess I didn't, um, I didn't do a good job of conveying to the client that we were fighting an uphill battle sure and so when we when we didn't win um the client was very angry Mm -hmm. and that was a that was a lesson for me in communicating with the client yeah of you know i knew that we were fighting an uphill battle Mm -hmm. but i thought my argument was good so i was i was confident um but I didn't convey that properly to the client. Hmm. And that that was a big lesson in client communication and managing expectations and things like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And tying it back into the question where I said the court side is on communication. Again, I instantly knew, that, again, your side of things is very much. But that was a big lesson there, right? The, yeah. the communication end of things. And it's crazy how... Would you say like starting that if you would have just been like, hey, this is tough But this is why we're gonna fight for this You just had a total different outcome just that one sentence or one two-minute conversation
1: 100 percent 100 percent if I I think if I would have communicated more clearly like this This is tough. Mm -hmm. We might not win this um, That would have set the expectation of Okay, we're we're gonna try we're gonna give it our best effort Mm -hmm. And if we don't win then we gave it our best effort Yeah But, you know, I didn't manage that expectation and the expectation was to win. And when we didn't, it was not happy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Again, I I guess I keep tying what you do into my real estate world. One of the first offers I made was a really low offer. And I thought to myself, sweet, we'll make the offer. Very low odds we're going to get this. Right. But we'll make it. No problem. Present the offer. Of course, we didn't get it. I called my client, let him know that, and he was really frustrated at me, like, "What? what's going on here? You know, and I explained to him, well, you know, this is why, and, you know, this term's not favorable, and this is, he's like, well, why didn't you tell me that up front, that all this stuff is unfavorable? I'm like, well, you're right. I should have. Yep.
1: yep. Yeah, and that's, that's a lesson that'll stick with you, and now, every time, you're like, okay, well, maybe this isn't the best mm-hmm. offer, but we'll try it. Right. And at least they know, so you're on the same page.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you... <clears throat> of course you have to have a compassionate human aspect of things but at the same time you're helping a lot of people you don't know which way cases are going to go maybe you have also unreasonable expectations whatever else how do you how have you and how do you manage the frustrated clients um stuff like that you know what i mean how do you how do you internalize that and not like lose sleep every night of the week
1: (laughs) well um there's definitely been a lot of a lot of lost sleep because I do, um, like I was saying earlier, I like to connect with people. So I do take things personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think to an extent, everybody wants to do the best they can mm-hmm. for everyone else. Um, but fortunately, in my last, I would say, five years for sure of practice, there hasn't been... I I've been out of the courtroom mm-hmm. and a lot of the transactional negotiation stuff just comes more naturally to me, so I don't get that worked up about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe because I've been doing it for so long, um, I just manage it better. Yeah, I'm not sure.
0: But as you were as you were giving me that answer, I thought to myself your communication has gotten way better, right? Mm-hmm. Your abilities have gotten way better. You've gotten way better at seeing potential downfalls. Do you think that plays into it where you're actually way less likely to have a frustrated client?
1: Yeah, I think it is. And I think, too, um, I've been fortunate enough to be able to choose my clients yep. for for the last period of time, before the title company, mm-hmm. um, which allows me to work with people who i know i can work with well sure um who who i can communicate with well because they understand me the way that i understand them yeah um i think that's part of what makes for a successful business too is being able to really pick who you work with and Mm -hmm. work well with them
0: right and as part of that Again, I keep tying it into real estate, but I think as an agent, you work well with certain people. You do not work well with others. Yep. The people you work well with, because you have similar mindsets, you have similar ways of working, communication styles, whatever, they're going to refer your, their friends to you. And yep. that circle grows to the point where you are working with more of your type of person. Exactly. The other people working with that other agent has nothing to do with you other than they work better with that agent and your clients work better with you. Mm-hmm. Do you think the same is true as an attorney? Like you kind of just form your own little... Circle or, or yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you? yeah. One
1: one hundred percent you know If if you're looking for a bulldog attorney, that's gonna fight every little point for Everything mm-hmm. just for the sake of fighting right that's not me.
2: Yeah,
1: i'm gonna tell you that's that's not worth it mm-hmm. Um, and here's why you know, it's not just because I don't want to fight that point for you sure. It's it's there's a real reason why we're not gonna fight this point um so you know those those people who are looking for an attorney who are going to just give it their just not give it their all because I give it my all. Mm-hmm. Um, just fight, just right. to fight. Yeah, I'm not a fighter. I'm more okay. Let's talk this through. How can we get where we need to go? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you find your circle of people that you work best with, and and it grows.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's a neat point when you get to that to that point where. You're comfortable in that mm-hmm. like as an agent you could be like i need every client out there that i can get i why didn't i get this or whatever you know what i mean sure. whereas you're comfortable with like wait a minute there's many reasons why people did pick different attorneys this mm-hmm. that like you're meant to work with who you're meant to work with and who you are will manifest itself in who your clients are
1: yeah and i think you're right i think um i'm very fortunate to be at that point and and you as an agent as well are fortunate to be at that point mm-hmm. too where you know you know who you work best with, you know you can do a great job in what you're doing mm-hmm. and you go from there.
0: Yeah. And that's where a lot of growth I think can happen because you're not necessarily focusing on some of that tough stuff and you're focusing more on how can I help my clients, how can I grow and just experience comes. and Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 just neat. The... <clears throat> yeah, I'm just thinking the future of you getting back into it i don't know it's just exciting i think it's a obviously you can tell through some of my questions it's an honorable thing i think it's a a highly respectful thing to and that again you as an attorney adds so much value so it's just me sitting on this side i'm excited for you to continue doing it
1: thanks logan yeah it is it's exciting and i like what i do and i like being at the title company now and being able to work with you and work with christine and you mm-hmm. know everybody that comes in and I like to be able to bring a little bit extra to the table, mm-hmm. you know, without really stepping into, well, I'm acting as an attorney, but but bringing that maybe just a little bit extra, mm-hmm. I like that.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, because you add a lot of value beyond just being a title company. Yeah, you having the the attorney background. Yeah. For sure. Helps your employees out as well too. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and then instead of them having to call some, other office or right. some other underwriter you can give quick opinions and yep whatever exactly else. Yeah.
2: yeah
0: yeah so i i hope to see that again you and luke can grow and enjoy the title company side of things but that you can also focus in on the attorney side as well yeah
1: yeah thank you yeah. i'm i'm hoping that's going to be the case and like i said just got to move the business in that direction and we really are making some steps so mm-hmm. we'll get there
0: yeah absolutely yeah Anything else, any favorite stories that you have that you'd want to go through? Can you think of it? We can edit out if there's a pause, but any favorite stories from your attorney world or even the growing of this title company world?
1: Well, I can say that coming into the title company in the middle of a pandemic in Mm -hmm. some of the busiest real estate times was, holy cow, that was. That was an interesting transition um, going from a practice that I felt completely comfortable in mm-hmm. to the title company, which was so busy. And I always like to say we didn't hit the ground running. We hit the ground, rolled a couple times, got up, yeah. sprinted, <laughs> jumped a few hurdles. And, yeah. you know, it, it was crazy, crazy busy. But It forced us to learn a lot and it forced us to learn a lot really quickly so yeah it maybe was a blessing in disguise
0: (laughs) yeah you guys getting into the title company is that part of what that was like you enjoyed the struggle maybe you didn't realize it would be a struggle but you enjoyed the struggle of law school is it was it cool to be back in that mode where you're outside of your comfort zone
1: I would say retrospectively, yeah. Okay. At the time, it was it was very stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, the the title the title company opportunity really kind of popped up out of nowhere. Um, it actually the previous owners approached me mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, we're looking to retire. We've seen your work. I had done several transactions through the title company before." um, they had seen how I work. They liked how detail oriented I was. And they said, Hey, would you ever consider this as an opportunity? Mm -hmm. And so I, I went up to Luke and I was like, well, what do you think about this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, he's coming from a medical background. So it was a huge shift for him. Um, but we, we thought, Hey, yeah, let's, let's give it a go. I mean, it's, a move in the right direction so mm-hmm. we tried it and it worked out really well but those first few months were very hard yeah very very hard for right. him especially you know he i knew what a deed was yeah he maybe didn't right right <laughs> um no he knew what a deed was, yeah. was i'm joking but um you know he He came a long way and he put in the hours to study To take that title agent exam and just Hmm. get up to speed And so it was that was kind of a fun thing in our relationship. I was so proud of him He put in so much work.
0: Yeah, it was awesome Yeah, that's definitely a big shift hey from the medical world into that world. It's one thing if you've got experience in that it's Conceptually, it makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah It was a huge shift for him. Yeah but um, he's he's done fantastically with it, and mm-hmm. I'm just so impressed by. Sometimes he'll he'll say something. I was like, "Wow, yeah. I didn't know you knew that." <laughs> <Right>. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it's neat to see again. The I'm talking about this podcast here about just challenging yourself and putting yourself into that next level. Where that's what I enjoy is and, and enjoy seeing in other people is being willing to step outside of your comfort zone because you easily could have passed up that opportunity Mm -hmm. you could have just practiced law there's nothing wrong with that financially you're okay yeah who says we should take on this huge challenge but you i just appreciate that you make the step and do it
1: yeah it was i'm i'm i have no regrets yeah about making the move and buying the business it's been it's been a challenge it's been exciting it's It's been great. Mm -hmm. It was a fantastic opportunity and I just feel so lucky to have been given that opportunity.
0: Yeah. I'm going to close out. I think that, and maybe you think about this kind of stuff, but I really, again, I I quite frequently I'm engaged in thinking about the people side of things. Mm -hmm. And you said that that's difficult, right? Just being a boss is hard for you to do because you connect. yeah, being the boss. I think that whether you realize it or not, you've probably gone through and are going through a lot of growth on just... Your your yeah, your your boss skills your people skills. Would would you agree?
1: 100%? Yeah, it's It's made me look at things differently. My my dad uh, um, Has a human resources background. Okay, so i'm uh, i'm constantly Pinging ideas off of him like well, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. um, and it's just an area that I never thought i'd have to look into before but yeah, yeah we've we've learned a lot and grown a lot in that aspect as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think the more you grow there, that will make that side of things easier.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, definitely. And you can
0: thrive in that world too. Yep. Yeah, but awesome, Danielle. Thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Logan.
0: Yeah, appreciate it. Hey guys, thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have and you feel so inclined, share this podcast with your friends. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and give us some feedback with a review. Until next time, thank you.